Chapter 6, Native Legend, 1754, New York. Miranda led the others to the hidden Cherokee camp, who greeted them differently than Miranda expected. The natives were friendly and gave them a welcome entry. Miranda stood beside her father as she asked to see the chief. Miranda was excited to see if there were others like the man who transformed into the hawk. The chief came out to meet them, smiled, and slightly bowed his head to them. Welcome, he said kindness showing in his eyes. What can we do for you? Marcus bowed in return. My daughter here, Marcus began, pointing to Miranda, witnessed some, someone transform into a hawk and return here. We only wish to see him with our own eyes. We mean him no harm. You believe you have seen a skinwalker? The chief asked with a calm smile. I am sorry. Skinwalkers are merely a myth. Your eye must have mistaken you. The chief gave a pleasant smile to Miranda. Marcus smiled in return. Thank you for your time. Let us give you some food and water for your journey, the chief replied. Thank you, Marcus said, gratefully, and turned to Miranda, who wasn't pleased. It's been a long day. You've been walking for a while, Marcus began. I know what I saw, Miranda told him. They're lying. They're hiding him here. That's a serious accusation. What if you and Sinead transformed? Show them that we're all different, too, Miranda said, ignoring her father's scornful tone. Or could scare them to death, Marcus said, thinking logically. I know what I saw, Miranda repeated. Marcus gave in and approached the chief. She insists she knows what she saw, Marcus told him. The chief's expression didn't change. He remained calm with a warm smile. I do not know what to tell you. Your daughter is clearly delusional. The chief had just the chief had said the wrong thing, and it set Marcus off. He took a step close to the chief, and all the tribe's men stood up in alarm. My daughter isn't delusional, Marcus growled. If she says she saw it, I believe her. The chief still didn't appear hostile. He was still as calm as before. Could you please take a step back before you and your family are killed by my warriors? He asked kindly, but the morning was clear. Marcus only grinned and took one step back, and he instantly transformed into his lichen form and roared at the chief. Birds flew from the trees, and the very ground shook as the warriors fell to the ground with fear. Don't make me tear this camp apart, Marcus growled. The chief was in shock, but not nearly as, as afraid as the others. You are not a skinwalker. What are you? A lichen, Marcus told him. Now, where is the skinwalker? We're not here to hurt him, Miranda said, stepping forward. We only wish to speak with him. We need his help. There have been attacks. I know of which you speak, the chief said. Where is he? Marcus repeated. Where is the skinwalker? The chief, chief took a step back and sighed. There are only a few of us left. You must understand. Our privacy is more important is most important to us. We do not wish to be worshipped or used. We just wish to be left alone. Then you should not have exposed yourself to us, Miranda told him. Strangers don't usually survive long here, the chief replied. It is what we must do in order to survive. You're going to have a difficult time killing us, Marcus taunted him. I assumed as much. How many of the how many of you are left? Miranda asked him. Six, the chief replied. And we'd like to live the rest of our days in peace. Marcus transformed back into his human form. What kind of creature is hacking the villages? They are called Wendigos, horrific creatures. They have no conscience. They're wild beasts with sim wild beasts who simply live to feed. How do you kill them? Marcus asked. That I do not know. They have killed many of my people. That's why you're hidden out here, Miranda pressed. 
Not because you don't want to be worshipped, you're living in fear. I'm sorry, we cannot help you, the chief insisted. Take your supplies and leave. The man from the woods appeared from within a tent and approached the chief. Father, he began, we should help them. The chief simply shook his head. My son, you know what the consequences would be. They're right, we are living in fear, the young man replied. They're asking for our help. This will allow us to honor our dead. Please, let us help them. The chief sighed and lowered his head before turning back to Marcus and Miranda. My son can be persuasive. Please, eat with us. The family ate with the Cherokee skinwalkers. No one spoke much until they had finished. Miranda wondered if the skinwalkers were still hesitant about revealing themselves to them. When they had finished, the chief spoke first. We already know your names, but allow me to introduce myself. My name is Galgano, and this is my son, Chase Sequa, the chief said, pointing to the man Miranda had seen in the woods. We are all that is left of my family. The Wendigos have murdered all the others. The Wendigos and the Skinwalkers have been enemies for as long as I can remember. According to legend, the Wendigos were once allies to the Skinwalkers. They were used as scouts and protectors to the Skinwalker gods. After many years of this, they felt mistreated and killed their masters. They spread fear throughout those who had survived and forced them to flee to the mountains and caves and all other places of the world that so they could, be, could roam free of them. Wars have raged on since, but they cannot be stopped and they cannot be killed. I suppose an apology wouldn't solve the problem, Marcus suggested, trying to make a light of the situation, but, the co but of course failing miserably. Nothing will stop them and nothing can kill them, Mohi said. Mohi was a tribe's reserved medicine man. He was an older man who wore a bullhorn atop his head and a wolf fur upon his back. My brother and I have a theory. Something that may or perhaps may not kill these creatures, Marcus began. Silver. It influences the manner of different creatures. It may just do the same with Wendigos. We never tried silver, Chase Dequa answered. It's worth a try. We'll be risking a lot if it does not work, Algano replied. It's a chance we are willing to take. Your people need not to put yourself in danger, Alexander said, reassuring them. Appreciate it, Galgano said, though I feel your words have already sparked my people's interest. I will go, Chase Aqua said eagerly. I will help you. I'm seeing a dilemma in this plan, Miranda began. Everyone turned to look at her with confusion. Where can we find enough silver to make weapons? She's right, Marcus said, agreeing with her. I know of a place, Waya said. It's not far from here, just over the mountains. Waya was another younger skinwalker, appeared with the same age as Chase Aqua. Another warrior. He was taller than Chasequa, and slightly more muscular as well. What is this place? Alexander asked. A silver mine, Chasequa answered. The colonials tried to keep it quiet, but many have been many have poured in since got word got word got out. I don't really like the thought of stealing from the colonials, Alexander said cautiously. It's our only option, Alexander, Marcus told him. What other choice do we have? I know you're right but I still feel guilty just thinking about it. Guilt will only distract you from the mission, Galgano told him. You stay while we collect the silver. No, I need to be there too, Alexander replied quickly, trying to recover. Marcus looked over at Alexander. Perhaps you really should stay, he told him. Your feelings have affected your judgment in the past. You don't think rationally when they do. I'll go with them, and we'll gather what we need. Stay here with the others and prepare to forge. Alexander didn't appear too pleased with Marcus' words, but he didn't fight it. 
Hanley nodded, but said nothing. Welcome to Storytime with T.L. Rutledge. This is your narrator speaking. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story.